Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hi there. We are back with Ayers on the Road, and we are going to be with our family this weekend. Um, Labor Day weekend. I'll bet a lot of you are doing the same. I bet you are. It's a big last chance to have a lot of fun before you have to get down to business. Now, guess what? I'll bet a lot of you didn't realize that there's a holiday coming up this week, and I don't mean Labor Day. Of course, it's Labor Day, but guess what the other holiday is that comes only six days later? Grandparents' Day. September 9th is officially Grandparents' Day throughout the nation and in some other parts of the world. It's one of the more obscure holidays. <laughs> right. And but, we don't think it should be. We think it should be a big deal holiday, like a three-day, another three-day weekend. Right. We think it should be a really big deal. Big as Christmas, big as Easter, you big know, as Mother's Day. Right. In fact, it really sh they should pay more attention to it. But we um, actually um, have heard about it occasionally because if you have children in school, Sometimes they celebrate that at school and they send home little gifts with the children for their grandparents. And so, you know, once in a while, I've never rises, gotten anything but, on Grandparents Day. Oh, I've never you gotten naughty boy, you forgot. No, some of the grandchildren, but because if we haven't lived by our grandchildren until the last couple of years, so, you know, we did have one family here. But anyway. Well, well we're going to give you some practical thoughts on how to, you know, incorporate grandparents more into your family, which is actually more important than celebrating Grandparents Day. But I did think it'd be interesting to just quickly review that there is a history on this Grandparents Day. Marion McQuaid of Oak Hill, West Virginia, has been recognized nationally by the United States Senate, in particular by Senators Jen Jennings Randolph and Robert Byrd, and by President Jimmy Carter as the founder of National Grandparents Day. McQuaid made it her goal to educate the youth of the community about the important contributions seniors have made throughout history. Well, <laughs> actually, uh, most people are seniors that have made a, a huge contribution by the time I mean, think about the ages of our Senators and our all, leaders. All good contributions yeah. are made by seniors. Young people don't do anything worthwhile no. whatsoever. <laughs> In 1973, Senator Jennings Randolph introduced a resolution to the Senate to make Grandparents Day a national holiday. And that happens has happened in some other countries, too. So we just think this would be a great week to think a little more about grandparents and particularly to think a little more about how, how you can do some three generation grandparenting, how, how you can do, you know, some family improving and building and strengthening in a kind of a teamwork basis with parents and grandparents working together, sitting down and saying, Hey, we're the management committee here. How do we help these rambunctious kids? But wait, what, what do you concerns? mean? What do you mean by three generations? You, well, you're going to involve the kids. Well, sure. I mean, you know, that's that's you know, I don't think it takes a village to raise a family necessarily, but it does take a three generation family. It takes, you know, grandparents and parents working in teamwork. There are things grandparents can do 
for kids that parents have a very hard time doing. And hey, Linda, let's face it, most of the world, when you say family, it means a three generation family. Most of the world, if you take it by population, I'm gonna guess 70% of the world, don't think of family as little nuclear families with just parents and kids. They think of the family as the grandparents and the parents and the kids, usually living in the same home. You know, when I first became a grandmother, <clears throat> I have to admit that it was kind of hard because I didn't think I was old enough to be a grandmother. You didn't look old enough. You um, still don't. Well, oh, no, no, no. That's not true. But it really was By the way, people will not let Linda in the movie theaters on the senior. Oh, uh, you stinker. They always say, show me your ID. You, you've <laughs> got to prove to me that you're a senior. And, that is and not Linda true. Linda loves it when that happens. It, I do love it when it happens, but it is certainly is very sparingly. But anyway, um, you know, the thing I really uh, realized is I became, well, I, first of all, I picked up my first little grandchild at the airport. And we put that little baby in the Wait, you picked up car. your grandchild at the airport? Yes, he was with his mother. <laughs> Not the hospital? <laughs> he, was, he was with his mother. It was, was his first time home to my house. Okay. Our house. Okay. And so um, I we drove along and we pulled in the driveway. And I remember Shawnee saying, here we are at Grandma's house. And I thought, is Grandma in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, that means me. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm the grandma. And so it is kind of hard to think about um, becoming a grandma. But then it is also so exciting because it is the delight of your life to have these little grandchildren in your lives. And the best part is you can send them home when you get tired of them. And that the parents have real full, really full responsibility. Or you can go home when you're tired, when you're tired of visiting them. Yeah. Unless they're living like with you. Did. In fact, there are a lot of, we, sh we shouldn't jest because there are a lot of grandparents who are taking care of their grandchildren. That's part right. Of full That's time. true. We were just in New York this week in New York city. We went for two reasons. The secondary reason was to watch the U.S. Open tennis tournament, but the first and paramount reason was to see our three little grandkids who live there. And, um, you know, I'm saying this a little bit tongue in cheek, but we were real happy to see those kids and we were real happy to leave. <laughs> They're, no, they're, we pre they're pretty rambunctious and, and you can't do that with your kids. But with your grandkids, you can say, hmm, that was great. I think I'll go home now. <laughs> well, no, they, they uh, are you kidding? That was so much fun. The This little oldest <laughs> grandchild, Zara, is like a bull in a china closet. Wherever you take her, she is just so enthusiastic about life. Both of those little kids are five, five years old. They're on scooters uh, through Central Park and their parents take them over every day. But honestly, their dad had to get an adult scooter to keep up with them because they are just off like a shot out of a cannon. But yeah, they would take those kids out and they couldn't catch up to them. The kids would take off and they'd like, yeah. ah, call the police. They're taking off. <laughs> yeah. So, so Eli really got his own little big scooter and man, he, he can barely keep up with them. But, um, the, I took him down to get bagels. You know, you can't go to New York City without bagels. And they live in a five-story walk-up on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. Very close to Zabar's, which has the best bagels on the whole island. Except for Orwashers, who's right at the bottom of their stairs. I mean, they have uh, maybe good. 10 restaurants right at the bottom of their stairs. So 
it's, it's such a fun life. But anyway, I took them down there to get um, bagels. And they were so excited about chocolate milk because it had um, pictures of the, um, what's the movie <laughs> that everybody loves right now? The Incredibles. The Incredibles. The Incredibles, <laughs> which we love too. And um, on, on the chocolate milk. So they got that. They're so excited. And they got our stuff. And we go in this little bar on the side by a window. To, and, and Zara immediately knocks the napkin thing off the back and all those 500 napkins are all over the floor. Dean gets down there and tries to help do it with these crowd of people coming through. Honestly, it is was hilarious. But, you know, those moments are the moments that you really remember and that you treasure. It is so amazing to be a grandparent. Well, let me just say, Linda, that we are celebrating Grandparents' Day in a really, really big way this year because... We each have a new book out, and mine is on grandfathering, and Linda's, as you might guess, is on grandmothering. If you could see these two books, you'd laugh because the uh, the grandmothering book is really big. It's fat. It's 400 pages. No, it's, it is not everything. 400 pages. It's everything, including no. recipes. It's it's a, it's a deep. It's a tomb, Linda. It's a tomb on grandparenting. It's so thorough and wonderful now wait tomb We're, sounds like something dead t no tomb as in a long book linda we have literary Honey. readers they know they know what it is and then my book being a proactive grandfather is so little you'd mistake it for a pamphlet because we think grandfathers just need kind of a bullet list but by the way they're both on sale on amazon.com right now you're curious just go on amazon and type in grandmothering and boom there'll be linda's book with her on the cover with with the very kids we were just talking about yes if you York. want to get a look at those kids. and then and then go to being a proactive grandfather i just want to say that i start off my little book and i wanted to throw this in on the show today with by saying there's really four kinds of grandfathering but you could say there's four kinds of grandparenting and here they are number one disengaged grandparenting where the attitude is hey i raised my kids and now it's their turn to raise their kids i'm done this attitude might lead you to downsize to an adults only condo in sun city by a golf course where your days would be quiet but boring option number two limited grandparenting where your attitude is, I love to see them, but in limited doses and on my terms. In this model, grandkids are like amusement parks. You go there once in a while to have fun or dinner guests. You have them over now and then when it's convenient. Option number three, supportive grandparenting, where the attitude is, my kids need all the help they can get with their kids, and I want to be there for them. With this approach, you become part helper, part martyr, sacrificing your own life to be at the beck and call of your adult children whenever they need you to help with their kids. And number four, the best option, we call it proactive grandparenting, where the attitude is, my children are the stewards for their children, but I can teach these grandkids things their parents can't and be an essential part of an organized three-generation family. And by thinking about it hard and coming up with a strategy and a plan, I can make a real difference 
in my grandkids' life, even as I add joy to my own life and keep myself young. We hope that you grandparents who are listening will choose the fourth option, being a proactive grandparent. Well, just uh, to add my two cents for grandmothers, grandmothers are not just people who make cookies, and but there are recipes. I mean, you do have to worry about what to <laughs> feed people when they come home. So we have our fa- favorite family recipes in the back here. But um, and I love what um, Irma Bombeck said: said a grandmother loves you from when you're a bald baby until you're a bald father, and all the hair in between. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love that woman. She's so, so fun. And for you younger parents, you probably don't even know who she is, but she was awesome. Um, but I do have to say that grandmothers are not just for loving, and, and they are. I mean, that is what we're made for, is to love these little children. And it's so important because we can That's love them unconditionally. The but they're also, they can also make a huge difference in their kids' lives. Um, we have a favorite article called Stories That Bind Us by Bruce Feiler from the New York Times. And then look it up if you, um, if you have a computer because it is so fantastic about the difference grandparents can make in the lives of their grandchildren just by telling them stories about their lives, about their ancestors' lives, about the wonderful, magnificent things that people did in, uh, before they came to this earth and that their blood runs in their veins. I mean, not only really great things, but they're really, really hard things. And uh, they, they did have this study, uh, some friends did a study and asked children about uh, the things that they, um, that they knew about their grandparents. And we are going to go into some of those questions uh, in the next segment. So we're going to take on. a little break, but remember grandparents day coming up this Sunday. And we're not only speaking to grandparents today, we're speaking to you parents out there who would like to have a little more help from your parents with your children. So brief break and we'll be right back talking about grandparents day and how to make it a big deal. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about Grandparents Day this week, which is always the Sunday after Labor Day, for those of you who may not know that. Uh, But we're just talking about the impact that grandparents can have in the lives of their little children. I'd like to say that, you know, you can actually give your grandchildren some grit and some resilience to bounce back from really hard times. If you tell them ancestor stories, now you may think, oh, come on, that's going a little bit too far. But they did a study, which was quite remarkable. They asked kids questions about what did they know about their family? Like, for example... Uh, Do you know how your parents met? Do you know where your mother grew up? Do you know where your father grew up? Do you know where some of your grandparents grew up? I mean, just simple little things like that, too. Um, Do you know the source of your name? Do you know some things that happened when your brothers and sisters were being born? Those kinds of questions, it's pretty amazing that the kids that knew um, more about their families were more resilient, and they thought, well, how can we test that? And then something amazing happened. 9-11. This is, have all happened in New York City, this study. And then 9-11, that horrible tragedy happened at the same 
to the same group of kids and they went back and studied these kids again and realized the ones that knew the most about their family history and, and, and experiences in their family or felt like they were part of a family that was bigger than themselves were the ones that did the well, the best as far as being resilient and bouncing back and handling tragedy and, and being able to go on. I just thought that was totally fascinating. Well, so one of the things that grandparents can do, it's kind of an obvious thing when you think about it, is, is be the link, be the link between your children and your grandchildren and your parents and the ancestors of those children and give those kids a sense of where they came from, who their ancestors were. You're one of their ancestors. If you're a grandparent, you're one of their four grandparents. Tell them about their eight great-grandparents. Tell them about their 16 great-great-grandparents. And then a child in this sort of rootless, transient, moving around world start to feel security. They start to feel identity. They start to feel they know who they are, and that's what gives them that resilience. Well, and it isn't just grandparents. I mean, those parents, you parents that are out there listening, that's your responsibility too. It's pretty amazing what can happen when you tell a child a story about you. I mean, about your own life. Tell them bedtime stories about what, I mean, it's amazing. You think they know what happened to you when you were a child, but they don't unless you tell them because they weren't around then. And of course, that's not the only thing grandparents can do. And Again, if you're a parent listening today, here's a challenge for you. Have a dinner sometime or go out to eat just with your parents, the grandparents of your children, and have a brainstorming session a session about your kids. What have they observed about your children? What would you like them to know about your children? What are some of the things you'd like your parents to do for your children? Have a Have a sort of a management meeting about the children in your home and how you can share the responsibility and what are the opportunities to help them become better and better kids. Uh, what I tried to do in, in, in the grandfathering book, being a proactive grandfather, I just kept coming back to the word being. It's not so much about what you do as a grandparent, it's about who you are as a grandparent. I just want to read these chapter titles for a minute because they'll prompt some thinking in some of you who are grandparents, or they'll prompt some thinking in, in parents' minds about what the grandparents could be doing for the children. So chapter one, being being their one-on-one -on -one friend. You know, Linda, grandparenting is all about one-on-one. -on -one. It's not about getting together as a group. It's about really knowing them one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it really is true. And I love those one-on-one -on -one experiences because the funnest things happen, funniest things. They say the funniest things. In fact, I like to take a little notebook with me and write it down yeah, when that yeah. happens because you forget it 10 minutes later, but it's so It's good so to have sweet. a book and take notes on each of the grandkids. Uh, chapter two, being their champion, who gives them confidence, who really helps them. Three, being a team member and a role player, working in harmony with the parents. Four, being the connecting link. This is what you were saying, Linda, back to the grandparents and the ancestors and so on. Five, being their consultant, who sort of, you know, doesn't threaten them the way parents do. I don't mean that literally, but who who is less threatening in conversation Kids can have a kind of a trust with a grandparent that's pretty unique. Um, be their independence giver. Be the one who gathers for reunions and families. 
be a financial facilitator. Many of us might have the means to help grandkids a little bit with some of the things. One of the funnest things we do, I think, Linda, is we allow grandkids to write a grant proposal. If they want to do something like go to a summer camp or, you know, do something that they don't have the money for, they can they can apply for a matching grant. They can say, if I can raise $100, will you supply the other $100? And the grant proposals they write are hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Not only hilarious, <laughs> but elaborate. This One of our grandchildren did a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Or something that she really, really needed. A 12-year-old did a PowerPoint. It was it, amazing. It was really cool. And, you know, it's those the little things come up and you think, oh, you know, I, my, my parents couldn't do that because they just don't have much money. But you know what? We have some money. And we can. These are small amounts. These They're are just, yeah, absolutely. And it just gives you kind of that connection to a, to a child, you know. If you ever have something you really want to do, apply for a matching grant and then you're starting to know more about what they love and what they want to do. Oh my goodness. I wish we'd thought to have one that just came in last week from a grandson who's just such an amazing mind, this wild (laughs) scientific mind. And he has in mind that he's going to create a little summer school class to do uh, some stuff with robots and (laughs) doing a class on robotics and he's 13 he's going to teach six-year-olds about robotics right (laughs) they're going to be excited about it i mean it really is so fun to see them develop these gifts and then be able to help just a little bit i mean my mother didn't have much money but she she taught music lessons all her life and she taught um school all her life but she had a little bit of money left um, when she passed away, and she passed it on to our kids, and they treasure that so much. Another thing I think we love doing is having our 12-year-old motorhome trips, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past. When our grandkids <laughs> turn 12, they get in little groups, usually three, two, sometimes two, they get to go on a motorhome trip, and we got that idea from George Romney, I used to work as a young, young man. I worked for George Romney when he ran for president. That's Mitt Romney's father, for those of you that have no idea. I can't remember that far back. And George Romney told me that one of the funnest things he ever did is that when his grandkids turned 12, they took him on a motorhome trip from Michigan to Washington, D.C., out to Salt Lake City and back to Michigan. That's a pretty long That's trip. That's a long trip. And, wow. And he said we just had so much talking time and so on. And I, I, ta- I, I uh, later Mitt Romney told me at one point that, yeah, that happened to, to, to our kids. And by the time they got home, I'll tell you two things for sure. They knew the Republican Party was true, and they knew the Mormon Church was true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that you know, there's so many things that you can do with kids. That I love Grammy camps in the summer with our grandchildren. And, boy, we've had to consolidate now because our kids just barely make it in time and leave right after. And it's a, it's a big moving machine. But we, did, we do manage to have a little Grammy camp with each small group at a time. And it is so fun. This year we did a music. We, we did fine arts, actually. And they each brought their own favorite piece of art and explained why and then I sent out 10 classic pieces of music on Spotify uh, about a month beforehand and and offered 
monetary rewards for kids who could recognize those pieces when I played them when we got there. We had so much fun with that. The kids and the kids that really needed money or the really goal-oriented kids really went for it and they made quite a lot of money. I was a poorer woman by the time we got done. But even the four-year-olds like Beethoven's fifth, um, hold on. I mean, he he just instantly knew what those um, what that music was because he'd been listening as his older siblings listened to the music. It's just so many fun things. Well, let us give you one other resource that you might really find interesting. Did you know that there is a grandparents magazine? It, it comes out six times a year, every two months, and we've uh, come to know the publisher of it, who's a, a quite a wonderful woman named Christine Crosby, and it's called Grand Magazine. Grand magazine. If you were to see a copy of the slick looking, really nice magazine, it would say grand in really big letters. And the one this month has Paul Newman on the front, and I can't wait to read about him as a grandparent. Um, there's so many terrific articles. You can there's a there's a hard copy, right? But you can also yeah, you just can get, get it, it at a magazine stand. But the easiest is just to go to grandmagazine.com all together. One word, grandmagazine.com. And it just so happens that we get to write a column in it. As a matter of fact, the, the new issue just came out today. I don't know if they planned it that way because here comes grandparents. Day, I think they did. Yeah. It's just online now. And uh, we got to do it. A column, and they also reviewed each of the two books we're talking about. But there's a lot of there's a there's an article on uh, 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 living a life of purpose, finding the fountain of youth, calling all digital guardian angels. Uh, then there's our little column. What kind of grandparent will you be? The wonder drug that's free. That'll intrigue you. Um, the Future of Aging, Livable Communities for All Ages, 10 Ways of Being a Grandparent That Will Change You, Paul Newman's Insights into Being a Grandfather. How about that? Um, they really do a nice job. It's beautiful photography, and they have some stimulating articles that are so fun. Um, but, you know, grandparenting is the dessert of life. It really is. There's so many, in fact, um, I call it, having the time of your life, it really is fascinating to uh, get in the minds of these sweet little children who are part of your progeny. And, you know, there's such a wide variety. We have 31 right now, as, as you know, you uh, longtime listeners know, we just had two babies last uh, April and it is, there's nothing like it. It is so amazing. But you know that I sometimes find myself admiring grandparents who have one grandchild because they can devote all their energy to that grandchild. So it's not about a numbers game. It's not right, about how exactly. many you have. If you're a grandparent with one or with two or with seven or with ten, whatever it is, they are your legacy, those grandkids are. And you know what? You don't even need a blood grandchild to be a grandparent because we've heard so many great stories of grandparents who have swooped in on the lives of kids who are so needy, who are without anybody, without yeah, any right. anchor to hang on to. And you can really make a difference doing that. But we do have to say that these books are on sale on Amazon. You can get them on your doorstep in two days or send them to your grandparents if you're looking for a way to honor them on next Sunday. So let's review because we've just got a minute left. We want, if you're a grandparent out there, we're suggesting three resources, Grand Magazine, and these two books, Grandmothering 
and being a proactive grandfather. If you're a parent, we're suggesting to you that you get some of these resources for your parents to make them more proactive grandparents and that you have a meeting and talk together about working in teamwork to raise your children. So we really wish you very, the very best. Thanks to you grandparents out there for making a difference in your kids' lives. And thanks to you parents for really supporting your parents and doing such a great job. Good luck and happy Grandparents Day. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road, Ayers on the Family.